Ladies and gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lark by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl. It's at social gatherings that people like Sir Charles Boniface, the managing director and chairman of British United Plastics, excel themselves. Uh, the built-in disaster at any party, wedding, or function. The snag is that they will try to be nice to people by talking to them. If they shut up and just get quietly stoned in a corner, it'll be all right. <laughs> However, there are certain functions connected with the business that Sir Charles has to attend, and although he's not all that keen, the rest of the company are in a state of utter panic as to what he will do this time. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Frank, but it's the only hotel who'd accept the booking for the firm's dinner this year. The others all said they were fully booked already. You mean the others didn't want their hotels wrecked again? I wonder what Father will do this time. I prefer not to think about that. Last year it was, let's all be a Trinidad steel band with the hotel's dustbins, eh? <laughs> no, that was the year before. Oh, yes. Yes, last year it was... Um, he was doing something he shouldn't have done in the ornamental goldfish pond. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't ask me what, except that he did say they just weren't the same without chips. <laughs> yes, now you mention it, I remember we got a bill from the Tower Majestic Hotel for an extra 50 guineas. Whatever for? Fishing rights. <laughs> that would be him, yes. Where are we going to hold this year's highly expensive disaster? Carlton Grand, private hotel, Notting Hill Gate. Oh, his reputation has made us spread out as far as that, has it? Next year, Mrs. Podmore's Guest House, St. Albans. <laughs> Morning, Edith. Morning, Frank. Don't bother to answer. My head is clanking and thumping away like the engine of an old Bill bus this morning. What's he talking about? He was at a wedding yesterday afternoon. Don't remind me. Oh, what a wedding. Oh, what a wedding. I got through the ceremony all right, but the reception was a ghastly mistake. Oh, dear. What did you do this time? Oh, for a start, I, I trod on the vicar's foot. <laughs> and as a sort of in-joke, I sort of said to him, I said, sorry, vicar, why not turn the other one and I'll stamp on that as well? <laughs> and he didn't see the joke. Well, of course he didn't. He was only there for the grub. <laughs> I trust you apologize. Of course I abuse him. And then I even congratulated him on the service. I, I said, how well your organ is played, I said. Wasn't he on form? I said, by Joe. I remarked, I said, well, weren't your flowers lovely? <laughs> I went all poetic, I did. Well, that made him feel better. Well, not very much, because he wasn't the figure who conducted the wedding service. <laughs> he was just the friend of the bride's mother there for the booze up, you see. You never learn, do you? Well, I was only just trying to jolly things up a bit. You see, they were such a nice young couple, I wanted to help, you know. Well, on that principle, I'm surprised you didn't go on the honeymoon with them. Funny you should say that. <laughs> I very nearly did. I, I accidentally got into their roles instead of mine. I mean, I, I, I shall probably have confetti falling out of my moustache for a month. Yes. Well, I realise one rose looks like another, but surely you notice it wasn't Hoskins at the wheel. Don't be ridiculous, Edith. Father has never seen Hoskins' face. He only recognises the back of his head. It's true, it's true. Yes, it's true. I, I must take a look at him from the radiator end one day. Perhaps you could have a photograph taken of him. Now, anything require my urgent attention this morning? Yes. I need your approval of the seating arrangements, Sir Charles. Oh! <laughs> Consider them approved. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
I think Edith meant the seating arrangements for the firm's dinner, Father. Oh, dear. Oh, my old Oh, dear. Has that monster come round again, has it? I'm afraid so. I suppose you could plead ill health. He will the next day. That'll do, that'll do. Just so long as these seating arrangements haven't put that old fool Coggins next to me, everything will be all right. I shouldn't have thought it mattered. He always arrives about an hour late. I don't, that's just the point. Just as I'm bashing through me bomb surprise, he comes tearing in and starts swallowing through his soup. Like a channel swimmer trying to reach the other side. <laughs> well, perhaps we should tell him it's a luncheon this time and he might get there on time. Good thinking. Incidentally, just occurred to me, where's it being held this year? The Carlton Grand Hotel, Notting Hill Gate, sir. Oh. Was it? <laughs> Hello, now what? Well, that's where the wedding reception was held yesterday. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, I mean, apart from everything else, all that business with the vicar, I had a little bit of a chat with some idiot about the ghastly food and the disgusting state of the place. I said to him, I said to him, why don't we both write to the AA and the RSE and get this hotel struck off? And did he agree? No, he was the proprietor. <laughs> you certainly sort them out for yourself, don't you? We'll never find another hotel that can accept our booking at this late hour. It is next week, you know, Sir Charles. Then they'll just have to cancel somebody else's arrangements. It's all quite simple. The awful thing is, he means it. Well, I can see I shall have to take the whole thing over and organize it myself, as usual. You do, and I'm not coming. Well, that's nice. That's, that's nice. That's what I like about this office. The blind faith and loyalty. Now, give me that seating pan, and I'll get started. <laughs> Come in. Oh, it's you, Stanley. What is it? Well, it's these two outside, isn't it? I've been going up and down in my lift for half an hour, haven't I? So I reckon they belong here, don't I? Well, I have no idea, have I? Oh, I do wish you wouldn't get everybody doing that. Who are they? Well, they're Ferriganers, aren't they? Americans, most like. These ways they speak odd, don't they? Well, not having met them, I wouldn't know, would I? Well, there you are then, aren't you? <laughs> well, I am, am I? Oh, Stanley, for the last time, will you stop doing that? Who are these people? Oh, some Japanese daughter. Says his name is Oop. <laughs> Pardon? What? No, no, it wasn't me. It says his name. Oop, isn't it? Oh, of course, Mr. Earp. Show him and his daughter in at once, please, Stanley. Well, that's what I'm trying to do, isn't it? I'll be back with them in a tick, won't I? I've no idea. Have, have... I won't do it again. I won't get caught out again, will I? Oh, no. why, then. It's in here, isn't it? Oh, no, that's real kind of you, son. Isn't it? He gets everybody at it. Do come in. Uh, Sir Charles is expecting you. Oh, I'm sorry, Willie. If it hadn't been for your uh, elevator man, I guess we'd never have found the right floor, would we? <laughs> oh, gee, what a marvelous view. Isn't it? On a clear day, you can see the fog. This way, please. Oh, excuse me, Sir Charles. I never excuse you, Edith, but I do try to make allowances. Now, what is it? Mr. and Miss... Uh, Manners, Edith. Manners. <laughs> Put your hand in front of your mouth. No, no, that wasn't me. It's them. Don't try and pass the blame on. Oh, I. Ah, yes. Don't yes. How do you do, Mister and Miss Earth? How is Wyatt? <laughs> Oh, 
she's just fine. Just hang on a minute. I see you've got my lines crossed somewhere. Wyatt is my wife's middle name. Oh, what's her first name? Jessie James? No. No, I'm Jessie. Oh, dear. They even take the trouble to fly the Atlantic to send me up. But most people call me Birdie. Yes. I can see why. Excuse me, Father. I'm sorry to interrupt. Hello, hello. I'm not sorry to interrupt at all. <laughs> Must be some sort of primeval instinct. He always comes in my office when there's crumpet about. <laughs> Frankly, I should say it's hereditary. If you'll excuse me, Mr. Charles, I'll get back to my work. Can't stand the competition, eh? Well, off you go. Oh, I, I think I must have upset you. I've never known a day when you didn't. Um, my name is uh, Frank Boniface, by the way. Hi, this is Bertie, and I'm Mr. Earp. Pardon? <laughs> We've been through all that. Now, this gentleman is the director of American Novelty Toys and Fun Things Incorporated. Come again? Yeah, I know. I didn't believe it myself the first time, but... That is who he is. Congratulations, I suppose. We're over here to look around. Really? <laughs> I should have thought with a shape like that you'd already been in. No. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like me to... Uh... Take you to a few places that aren't in the guidebooks because they're uh, off the beaten track. Yes, he means the woods. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be great. Oh, you just can't save some people, can you? Now, then, Mr. Earp, what can British United Plastics do for you? Well, now, you see, we've just been to Stratford-upon-Avon. That's where your uh, William Shakespeare was born, you know. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> that had filtered through to me, actually. Uh, good, good. Well, now, you see, I have this great idea. You mean you've bought it and you're going to have it shipped back there? <laughs> no, not exactly. I did go around the estate agents, but none of them had it on their books. At what? Anne Hathaway's Cottage. And uh, Hathaway was the lady's name, actually. Yes, she was Willie's birdie. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh, Miss Earp, um, if you're not doing anything this evening, uh, perhaps we could have a meal somewhere alone. Oh, gee, I've never been to an English wimpy bar. <laughs> well, uh, that's not exactly what I had in mind. No, we know what you had in mind. <laughs> but it makes you sick snogging in the firm's time. Mr. Earp, if you'll pardon the expression, what is this great idea you had? I mean, we know what Frank's idea is, but what's yours? Well, you see, I want to know if your company could supply mine in the States with blow-up reproductions of Annie Hathaway's cottage made in polystumer. I think I'd like to sit down for a minute. <laughs> yes, think of it. Every American could have his own Anne Hathaway cottage on his back lawn. But I, I am thinking about it. That's why I, I want to sit down for a bit. Of course, Frankie. Any time. Why not uh, now? <laughs> no, just as soon as you like. Oh, shut up, you two, can't you? Mr. Earp, may I, as delicately as I can, ask why you want us to supply these revolting monstrosities? I mean, why don't you make them yourself? Oh, it just wouldn't be the same, would it? I mean, they just wouldn't be genuine English fakes if we made them. <laughs> oh, how terribly touching. Now that I've thought of the idea, it seems to me that there are great possibilities. With your polished tumor, we could have 
Blown up Buckingham Palaces, uh, blown up Tower of London, even Number 10 Downing Street. It's actually the last one people have been contemplating blowing up for the last few years. <laughs> No, but seriously, are you with me, Mac? Uh, I haven't seen your raincoat at all. I mean, where... <laughs> I mean, do you dig the scene? Dig the scene? Well, I haven't got Miss Spade. I, I mean, I, I'm not in the mood, but help me, Frank. Are you, uh, are you sure you don't mind, Bernie? Of course not. Well, perhaps you'd better bring an overnight bag in case we get caught. Oh, Frank, in... please! Hello? <laughs> no. Never mind that snogging session. Come and tell me what this steaming idiot, what his uh, valued customer is talking about. Well, I must admit I was only listening out of one ear. And we all know what you were listening to out of the other one, but uh, <laughs> go on. Well, I gather that Mr. Earp... Pardon. Well, don't you start. <laughs> you should be used to it. I gather that Mr. Earp wants us to make blown-up models of old English monuments in polysumer. That's my boy. One eye on the available trumpet and the other one on the chance to make a bob or two at the same time. Yeah, just think of it. In every American garden, there could be a little bit of genuine plastic England. <laughs> just a minute. It's such a beautiful thought, I... I may cry. <laughs> but just, I mean, Mr. Earp, every American garden, just how many of these gardens, I mean, how many of these perfect reproductions had you in mind? Well, I figured we could start off with a couple of thousand Annie Hopaway cottages and see how they sell. And if all goes well, we could do about 2,000 a month. 2,000? I mean, I mean, the idea is beginning to appeal to me now more and more. It's such a lovely sentiment. Such a lovely thought between nations. Such a lovely lot of lolly. Gee, could you really do it? Well, I realize at his age it's unlikely. Frank! <laughs> <laughs> uh, nevertheless, um, you know, Father can still get his own way in this company. Oh, yes. As if he says we can make these reproductions, then somehow or other, we will. He has a lot of influential friends, you know. Sure. I heard he plays polo and everything. Yes, well, I don't know about everything, but I do, uh, <laughs> I do play polo. It has been known for me to have the odd wallop about on a horse, you know. Well, uh, tell me now, in the strictest confidence, you understand, you know, have you ever uh, spoken to him? Oh, that him? Oh, you mean him that's married to her? Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, not really, actually. I, I would have chatted him up, but unfortunately he was riding the other way at the time. Gosh, weren't you excited? Well, not really. I was the one who was facing the wrong way. As well. <laughs> I thought the game was going that when he whizzed past me and scored a goal. Down at Cowdery, he's known in polo circles as the Royal Mint with a goal in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, bang goes me OBE, I suppose. <laughs> been dying to get that one into the conversation for weeks. And my bet is the next time he plays polo, he'll be trying to get it out of the conversation. Oh, yes, you're probably right. You never ask me back to his place for a pint now, will you? <laughs> I wonder if they have a wallet there. Um, Mr. Uh, I'll get my technical department to look into the possibilities of making Polystuma blow up replicas straight away. How long are you over here for? Six weeks and two days. 
Oh, I see. It didn't take you long to get your cards marked, did it, eh? <laughs> I wonder why you got your diary out. I see you're free on skin. Now, British United Plastics are holding an annual firm's dinner next week. In view of this order, we'd be delighted if you could attend. Why, sure. Where is it? Well, that isn't entirely settled. Several restaurants are quoting me for the privilege, obviously. Hello, he still doesn't know where he's going to be. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. I've just not had time to make up my mind which offer to accept, that's all. Well, while you're pondering, I think uh, Bertie and I better make sure we get some grub at a, a little place I know in the East End where, where all the in crowd go. Oh, really? Do I know it at all? No, that's why I can still go there. <laughs> Don't snipe. The, um... The in-crowd go there. Mm -hmm. Sort of a big sort of a place, is it? Sort of nice decor and all that? No. Doing well, is it? I mean, would they be grateful for a little extra business put their way, you know? No. I mean, one likes to support private enterprise. I just thought I might consider switching my present arrangements and offering them the chance. No. They don't want to cater for the firm's dinner. And you haven't got anywhere else, and you're getting flaming desperate, aren't you? Of course I'm not. <laughs> In any case, I don't care to discuss the matter. <laughs> that settles it. You are desperate. Well, gee, Frank, you've got me worried now. This Pickwick Arms in Poplar is okay, isn't it? Ah, that's done it. You've told him the name of the place now. You go straight down there, pick a fight, and I'll be barred for the rest of my puff. Oh, don't, don't be ridiculous. As a child. Just a minute, just a minute. I shan't keep you long. What's he writing down? The Pickwick Arms Poplar. The place where after today all the out crowd will go. Ah, <laughs> uh, good evening. Uh, is mine host about at all? Aye. What you want about, mate? Well, this is the Pickwick Arms, isn't it? Oh, me. We got one here who can't even read. Said something big enough that was outside, done it? I, I believe it does, but the way the lights kept flashing on and off made it a little difficult to decipher. In any case, the most it ever said was Pickwick R. <laughs> then it glowed a bit bright before it went and packed it in. <laughs> Oh, blimey. Say, there's another ruddy fuse gone. Fix it right or I'll fix you. Permanent. Oh, that's nice. Delightfully Dickensian, that was. <laughs> now then, my good man, do you cater for parties? Yes, of course. How many in the coach? Uh, well, <laughs> not quite what I meant, actually. Oh, oh, just a few of you having a golf at the old river, is it? Yeah, what size table do you want? Four? Six? Dozen? <laughs> I had in mind was a five-course meal for 350 persons. Uh. Yes, Ed, I got a rat batter here. <laughs> Come and have a giggle, he's getting better all the time. I am perfectly serious, and I'm not a nutter. I'm trying to arrange my firm's annual dinner. Oh, get away. I've only just got here. Oh, I see where I am. Incidentally, what... Do you mind me asking this? What is this yeah. building's association with Charles Dickens? I mean... With a name like the Pickwick Arms, there must be some direct link. Oh, yeah, yeah, course. Well, Harry Seacombe once stopped for an eel pie. <laughs> to think that I could have driven past and never known that fascinating piece of London's history. <laughs> yeah, well, it goes on all the time, doesn't it? Now then, for this do of yours, how do you want your winkles? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I... Well, frankly, I, I, I mean, I hadn't, I mean, I, 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 I just hardly thought it was any of your, I mean, I, I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I'm quite happy with them the way they, I mean, I mean, nobody else has ever, 
Did I hear you correctly? <laughs> what you want down with your ankles? Boiled or au naturel on the end of a pin? <laughs> well, put that way, I think I'd just as soon skip the first call. <laughs> what else had you got in there? Hey, mate. What? That's him, isn't it? What? I'll teach you now, he's the one what hit me. Hit you? I've never seen you before in all my life. Yeah, Fred, hold him. What? Mate, give us your handbag. Carl, I'll belt him with it. Don't you dare, I'm allergic to pain. Get away, this is all some ghastly mistake. I'm a stranger here. Ah! Oh, that does it. I'll take my custom elsewhere. I've had plenty of other offers, you know. Ow! Oh, what have you got in that thing? Driftwood or half a whopping old stand? <laughs> Honourable greetings to Honourable Chubby Self. Good evening. You must forgive my somewhat dusty appearance. When, when they threw me out of the last place, I landed butter side down. Ah, <laughs> so? I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> your attitude, there's nothing more to be said. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was just trying to look, put a little trade your way. If you don't want to flog 350 chop sueys to a cash customer, all I can say is prawn balls in sweet sauce to you. <laughs> Most kind. Oh, I, mean, I think I've just solved the mysterious secret of the East. They're not inscrutable, they're just blasted dim. <laughs> hey, I'm glad it. Hey, That's him, isn't it? He's the one what hit me. Oh, Lord. Look out, suit. Here I go again. <laughs> all right, give us your handbag, Gladys. Oh. Don't bother. It's all a mistake, but I know the routine. I'll throw myself out this time. Excuse me. Nice to meet you. Good night. <laughs> Good evening. It is uh, still evening, isn't it? I don't know. Buonasera, signor. Don't confuse the issue. I said good evening and don't argue about it. I can't take much more. Neither can my suit. All I want to know is, can your cat make enough spaghetti for 350 people? Si, signor. To take away? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, of course, I want to take away. That's why I've got... I'm standing here with millions of carrier bags. <laughs> I'm going to rush the whole lot up to... Scarborough on me bike and feed it to low-flying penguins from the top of the cliff. One moment, senor. I will tell her the chef. Oh, dear. They believe it all, don't they? You stupid, thick-headed, foreign clot! I'm trying to arrange a firm's dinner at your terrible, filthy, foreign, stinking, lousy, nasty cat. Because it's the last one on my blasted list and I can't take any more. Hey, a barrel. That's him, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not fair. Flesh and blood can only stand so much. Tis, it's him. That's the one what hit me. Give him your handbag. <laughs> Good night, all. Nice to have met you. Welcome to the Kaiser.
Hotel. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, this, uh, this is where British United Plastics are holding their staff dinner, isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, so glad you could come, sir. Please go in. We're always pleased to see Sir Charles Boniface and his guests at the Carlton Grounds. Curious, sir, and curious, sir. Well, don't look at me, Mr. Frank. I'm as much in the dark as you are. Well, this was the hotel where Father got into so much trouble at that wedding, surely? It was. It's very odd. When Father drops a clangor, people don't usually forget this quickly. Ten years, perhaps, or not ten days. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you both are. Laugh. Come on in, come on in. Grab a drink. Everything going beautifully. Lovely place, isn't it? <laughs> He's been up to something. He's got that look on his face. He's also got the look that says he isn't going to tell us until he's good and ready. That's right. Oh, there you are, Mr. Uh, pardon. <laughs> nice to see you here. Hi. <laughs> Not yet, but he probably will be later. Oh. <laughs> oh, good. Good evening, Birdie. Oh, it's nice to see you again, Frankie, baby. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> Perhaps it's her accent that does it. <laughs> now, let's taste it. Whatever does it, it isn't her accent. <laughs> Thanks for that real swell evening, Frankie. Any time. Oh, Lord, they're off again. I guess I'll just never forget the Pickwick Arms. Oh, neither will I. <laughs> uh, incidentally, Father, uh, did you know that Harry Seacombe once stopped there for any eel pie? Yes, yes, he did tell me that, and if my experience is anything to go by, he probably also stopped there for a punch up the bracket. But let's stop chattering. Eat it. May I have this duck? Oh, I'd be honoured, Sir Charles. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What the hell has gone wrong? Nobody can dance to that muck. Father, who did you ask to supply the music? Well, that daft old twit Coggins. I'm going to give him something to do for once. He said he knew a swinging combo, whatever that means. It means it's his night. Look who's at the piano. What? Coggins, you daft old twit, get off that stage immediately. You damaged that piano and I'll wrap it round your balmy old bunts. It's no good. You'll never stop him now. He's got the message. Yeah, he'll get another one in the morning like Coggins, you're fired. Come on, let's all go in the cocktail lounge away from that ghastly row. Uh, Father, I know I'm going to hate myself for asking this, but I have got to know. Just how is it that you were able to hold a dinner here at the Carlton Grand after all? Yes, and why are all the staff so polite to you? Well, I'm glad you're showing such interest. I merely cleared up that slight misunderstanding between myself and the management, that's all. How? Well, I just merely bought the blasted place, that's all. <laughs> what? He's potty. He's stark raving clean out of his think box potty. He'll do anything to get his own way. If you can't get round it, buy it. But it was such a bargain. Only 80,000 pounds. <laughs> Just for a dinner? That's ridiculous, even if it includes the tip. <laughs> the firm can stand it, and I just didn't like any of the other places. And vice versa. Well, you could put it that way, I suppose. Anyway, it was well worth it. You see, I brought along this contract for Mr. Earp to sign for the Polish tumour blow-up and Hathaway Cottages. Think of the dollars we're going to earn, my boy. England and Harold will be proud of me. You have brought along the contract, and you are expecting Mr. Earp to sign it? Oh, how tartly slow you are at times. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, you, and you bought the hotel just, just to invite Mr. Earp to dinner? Because you... <laughs> I don't think I can bear it. Steady, 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 steady. Control yourself. What, what, what is all this about? <laughs> Let me tell you. 
His daughter, Birdie, is a co-director of the firm. She signed a contract with me at the Pickwick Arms the other night. <laughs> I've been lumbered 80,000 straight down the drain. The other directors will have my guts for garters. Well, Mr. Frank did send you a copy of the contract, Sir Charles. I put it on your desk. What a shame you haven't been in for a couple of days. He was busy buying hotels. Yes. It's got to go. Where's, where's, where's Earth? He can buy it. And he has my full permission to blow it up. No, I got a better idea. Coggins, you daft old twit, where are you? Get your checkbook out. You just bought a hotel for eighty, for 90,000 pounds. <laughs> Oi, Coggins, stop hiding under that piano. Come out and fight like a man. <laughs> Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl have been dining out on The Big Business Lark, written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Mr. Earth was played by Nigel Graham, and his daughter Birdie was Elizabeth Morgan, and nearly everybody else was Alexander John. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. (laughs) 